0: 321, welcome to the David the Dog Trainer podcast, episode 92. Nine is it 92? Oh, 92. Oh, man. Jeez. We're coming up on a hundred. Yeah. Um, for everybody that's listening to this on the Spotify and is not watching this on the YouTube, Josh bought a new coat. I did. I did. I, I'm uh,
1: part of the Patagonia family now. How <laughs> does it feel? Have you owned any Patagonia things before? Never. Wow. This is the first one. And... uh Like I told you, was it me or you? I think that was you. Okay. Get out of here, phones. Um, I I sent you a picture, right? Mm -hmm. And you were like, buy it immediately. Like I I don't think you said anything else. I was like, okay, I'll think about it. And then I sent that picture to like two or three other people, and they all said Mm -hmm. the same thing. What are you doing? Go buy it. So Mm -hmm. I went to Vegas, molded it over, Mm -hmm. came back, and then I was – I think three days ago is when I sent you the picture. Two days, I don't know. But uh, while I was in there and I was trying on, you know, the different sizes, I'm like, "Uh," and there's two two people came up to me. Hey, I I love Patagonia. Patagonia is the best brand I've ever bought in my life. You need to. We got and like the one guy, he was like getting the one with the. They have the hood one now. He's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. He's like, I've had mine for fifteen years, and I, the only reason I'm getting another one is because I want the hood. I was mm-hmm. like, he's like, you you need to buy this. Yeah. It's quality. So after you know, random people and you know friends, it's it's here and there. It is there. It is right there. Oh, what is that? Yeah, wear oh,
0: it. Oh, they put that on the coats now. Yeah, that's We're,
1: cool. Wear it. Repair it and hand it along wow that's
0: really nice that's my favorite thing about the company is that they fix all their shit if it breaks like i had my coat that i didn't even buy it new right so i bought my patagonia jacket actually i got it for christmas like probably Mm. seven or eight years ago it's been a long time and uh it was you know it was pre-owned when i got it right i wore the i wear the shit out of this coat it's my only winter jacket i have Mm. right and, uh, you know, it took a little bit of a beating, right? <laughs> Zipper was starting to kind of fall off. Buttons were popping off. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to need to buy a new coat. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, they do offer some warranty on it. I was like, I wonder if it'll work because I didn't buy it myself. Called them up. All I had to pay for was the shipping to get it back to Patagonia, which was like $5. Sent it back. It took them a while. It took them like like 10 weeks or something like that. Sent it back like brand new. All the buttons are fixed. Zipper's totally fixed and re back on um, they, they cleaned it and everything yeah. right? it's like a new coat And that that's unbelievable a, yeah, that's such a rare thing now too unbelievable <laughs> yeah. dude and like again I mean you're talking like this particular coat was like a six or seven hundred dollar coat you know yeah brand new at least so yeah I support the Patagonia and then they, they like to do all those like good environmental things and stuff that's you know, true like they do on like I think it was a couple of years ago they did when all that I think it was when the Haiti stuff was going on or something on Black Friday, they announced after Black Friday that all of their profits they made on Black Friday they were like donating to that cause and stuff like that. Oh, so wow. they're just like a, they're like a good company. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> it's great because like. It keeps me regulated. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. It's it's weird. Like, I was downstairs, and I was feeling fine. I was like, well, I might have to take this jacket off, but I was, I was just good just sitting there talking to you guys. Listeners,
0: all these things we're saying right now is how we justify spending hundreds of dollars on clothing. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah, I'm just, like, regulated. I don't need to ever take it off. I know. <laughs> I never get hot in it. I never get cold in it. Yeah.
1: Devin was like... It pours me coffee in the morning. Because <laughs> I was, you know, I was like... And i was like oh i mean you know should i what like was that
0: like 275 yeah yeah it
1: was like uh, yeah. t- i think it was 280 yeah, yeah. and i was like oh, i don't know and she's like <laughs> well do you need a jacket and i was like yeah i i mean i do because like i just have cheap like i have one like nice like dress-up mm-hmm. jacket you know and then i have like that jean jacket that i always yeah, had yeah. had the leather jacket and the leather's like coming off of it mm-hmm. and stuff and it was you know, something from it was like from Levi's or something, and yeah. it wasn't that great of a jacket anyway. She's like, just buy it. And buy I was the like, jacket. F- fine. So buy I did, jacket. and and I,
0: um, I love it. Which one is that? Is that the is that the Nano Puff or is that? It's the down. The down. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's I was gonna say thing. it looks thick. I have the Nano Puff as well, which is yeah. like the real thin puff jacket that yeah. they have. Love it. You pack it up. It you know your thing folds into like a cube this big. Yeah. You can stick it anywhere. Pretty warm. Right. It's a nice layer. Yeah. That one's like the in between. That one's like a little thicker yeah. than the one I have, but obviously not quite as heavy as the winter jacket. Yeah. And dude,
1: so much pocket space. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the front pockets are huge. I could fit anything in there. Yeah. This uh, podcast is... sponsored by PAK. It <laughs> should be <laughs> at this point. Yeah. We're believers. I'm a I'm a big believer though. Yeah.
0: So. Hell yeah. Now All right.
1: Well, so that's what's new with
0: Josh. Um,
1: <laughs> we both went on vacation. We
0: we went on trips again. Had a lot of, lot of travel this year, man. Yeah. It's been good. Also, how many weddings
1: have you been to this year?
0: I think we went to seven. <laughs> I could be mistaken by that. It might be one less or one more. Yeah. It was the year a lot, of the man. weddings for you guys. Yeah. yeah, year of the weddings. So whatever. Yeah, we just got back from a cruise. We were doing the whole, you know, boat thing. Yeah. It was fun. Ate a lot of food, I'm sure. Ate a ton of food, <laughs> and now we're back at it. Yep, so
1: sorry for the delay, but here we are. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're, we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a couple things to talk about today. Um, I feel like you know, there's not a whole lot that's been new in the last couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. Really, so, you know, it's interesting. We've had a lot of guests, obviously, over the last couple of weeks for podcasts, so I feel like we haven't had a whole lot of episodes where there's just been a, like, let's just kind of shoot the shit if you will right kind of see what comes up see what we talk about (laughs) stuff like that you know obviously the only one that we did that wasn't a guest one I think in the last month was the one where we talked about like the Tennessee thing and everything and even that one was kind of like a scripted podcast if you will right yeah so today we're just going to kind of get into just general things going on right so Mm -hmm. um, first thing right off the top of my head uh, that I could think of I uh, I made a post yesterday um, last night I was, I was training some dogs last night at the shop and I was doing some socialization with one dog we have in right now, right? His name's Milo. He's like a little, I don't even know what the hell this dog is, man. He's a little, <laughs> little scruffy, uh, dog. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> okay. If you're listening, Milo's owner, I'm sorry. I I'm don't sorry. know what he is. I just don't know what he is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he is. Whatever. Milo's a super good dog. He's, he's a very anxious dog, right? Like, so mm. he gets, he, like, he just gets overwhelmed easily. Right, yeah. it's it's not even like it's like it doesn't exhibit itself in like horrendous problems. He's not like trying to maul dogs or maul people or anything like that. But mm-hmm. he can get really overwhelmed. He can get really reactive when he gets overwhelmed. Okay. I think if I'm not mistaken, like in the owner's contact form that she filled out, uh, or his questionnaire that she filled out before she sent him for a boarding train. This was starting to display itself. Like he used to be really social, like at daycare. I think maybe something kind of happened. It started switching a little bit. He started getting into scuffles at daycare. Mm. She started trying to socialize him on her own a little bit, and he started having some problems there, right? Um, And again, it was like kind of snapping and going after dogs. Like, again, not trying to kill them, no serious injuries or anything like that, but just like acting out. Right. Yeah. So she sent him to us, you know, try to get some confidence, try to, you know, socialize him a little bit, see if she can figure out a way to kind of improve on those skills and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's been doing great, right? Like, you know, again, we've seen some of the anxiety come out of him, like as he's working through training, it's like when you start something new with him, here's the interesting thing, right? So I think some people, um, you know, they look at, let's say we're posting a video of a dog, right? And we're talking about the training process. Let's say the dog looks anxious or nervous or they're kind of shaking a little bit or, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. panting a lot, bug eyes, things like that. Their brain immediately goes to, um, you know, we're, we're correcting the dog really firmly, this, that. In a lot of cases, some dogs that struggle with anxiety issues, just the process of learning something new is really stressful you know? And we'll even see that like with some of these dogs, like we'll get a dog that comes in sometimes that's really, really anxious where we won't even use a training tool with them for that first week. It's Mm -hmm. just like, let's try to build up motivation. Let's use some food. We're just walking the dog, socializing the dog, stuff like that. And they'll still like look really stressed out, right? Mm -hmm. And again, it's just the process of their brain being like, I need to compute this, but it's like, it's not (laughs) connecting and and it turns into problems, right? Mm -hmm. So this dog's kind of like that, right? Mm -hmm. He just gets overwhelmed and kind of like internalizes those emotions and sometimes can just like let him out, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it's like, right, like, and, like it reacts out the window and, and lunges at the other dogs and, and this and that, right, mm-hmm. so whatever, so where I'm kind of going with this is working them through the process, we're starting the process of socializing him, right, and as with any dog that we have any sort of concerns that, like, this may turn into something, you know, the dog may uh, act aggressively, the dog may try to bite another dog, this, that, we put in place safety protocols like muzzles, right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we've incorporated a muzzle a lot with this dog, right? And we've kind of alternated between muzzled social time and depending on the dogs we're introducing him to, taking that muzzle off, like you know, halfway through the socialization, things like that, based on again the um how many dogs we're socializing him with, the temperament of the other dogs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And it was kind of jogging this this mentality in my head. Like I made like the post I made, let me just read it real quick. Yeah. Pull it up. Pull it up. All right. Where's it at? So I said, Milo bounces back and forth between using a muzzle and not using a muzzle, depending on the group we're putting him with and the temperaments of the dogs he meets. He's by no means an aggressive dog, but can get overwhelmed easily and make poor decisions, so we make sure we play it safe until we're 100% confident with the individual dog he's around. This method has allowed him to meet more dogs and have more positive interactions than he's been able to in a very long time. I'll talk about this in detail in the podcast tomorrow. Right, Ooh. so it was just kind of it was spark. You know, I was watching him socialize, right, and I was watching him like play. Like he was, you know, he had the muzzle on, and he's like having fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's going and like sniffing and hanging out, and, like you know, butts wiggling and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And like every now and then, he would do this little because I, we had him with a totally new group yesterday, right? It was like. And it was like rambunctious puppies, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like we got this freaking Vishwa puppy in right now, oh this boy. other like pointer puppy, um, this little guy that's all freaking crazy and fast and stuff like <laughs> that. And I had him out with like the wild group, yeah, right? High and energy. like like every now and then, like they'd be playing and running and they'd come barreling past him like crashing them, right and he'd like let out this little right and like he'd like like, growl and jump to the side for a second it's like it's it's, like no fucking big deal you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's like you're he's fine right Mm -hmm. he didn't do anything wrong the other dogs don't give a shit about it right yeah but but like sometimes as trainers we can feel this pressure put on us whether it's um just the pressure from like what we think the dog should be able to accomplish if this dog should be at x point by now right or this pressure of like the owner is expecting this dog to be just perfect with other dogs by the end of this, or whatever right and like yeah. like we could feel this pressure of like oh but like is he gonna be off of the muzzles you know what i mean and it's a yeah and, and it's a question and it's like i i clarify like I, I understand why owners ask this question, but it's like sometimes we'll like you know we'll see the dog is enjoying themselves, having a good time. We're putting in place safety protocols. We're using the muzzle. Maybe we're even using the muzzle more than we probably even need to, yeah. right? And it's like we'll send that video over because the dog's making progress, and they'll be like, "Oh well, have you done it off muzzle yet?" And it's like, "That's what you're worried about." <laughs> no, 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 no. And it, I, again, I get it. Yeah. Right. I truly get it. Like we want our dog to continue to progress, and for. In their credit, right, Mm -hmm. we've been kind of brainwashed through things that are posted on social media and things that people tell you and stuff like that, that if you need to use a muzzle, there's something still wrong with the dog, right? But because we continue to use the muzzle with this dog, we've been able to overcome those hurdles when he does get overwhelmed with things in a super non-confrontational way where both he the other dogs ourselves can really truly see that some of those behaviors there's nothing to be concerned about yet, right? Yeah. That time that those puppies come barreling past him and crash into him, and he lets out a little growl or kind of runs over and shows his teeth a little bit or something like that. Because we've put him in so many of those situations and he's been able to be in that situation and be like, wait a minute, I don't need to control this situation because nothing that bad is happening. Mm. Nothing's happening to me. My owners aren't jumping in right away or this trainer isn't jumping in right away and grabbing me because like, they're scared of, of the behavior that I'm exhibiting and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm able to work through and process those emotions. His confidence has been able to shoot up so freaking much with these dogs, right? Oh, yeah. And And I really want people to start looking at, and this is even like, you know, this is even something that I'm working on with myself, right? I want I want people to start being okay with when you have that dog that has issues with other dogs, seeing the muzzle as more of a positive, mm-hmm. right? This is the same mm-hmm. exact thing as we had a client in from Colorado recently, right? And we posted the before and afters of him learning to play and socialize with the other dogs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the owner was very hung up on the muzzle still, right? She was like, oh, but like... I really want him to play without the muzzle. It's like, but like before this, he wasn't able to play at At all. all. He wasn't able to interact with other dogs at all, Mm -hmm. right? And now we have this way where maybe he's a little bit restricted because he has it on, but he could continuously be put in these situations that were challenging for him and that he couldn't be in before. And he could learn to be comfortable in that environment. And you could learn over time to trust him more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all because of the muzzle, right? And I want to start looking at the muzzle no different than we look at some of our other training tools. Because even myself, again, I told, said I'm kind of working on this a little bit. I've even separated muzzle from like our e collars <clears throat> or our treats or things like that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a separate training tool to oh, us yeah. because we look at it as much more of a short term thing than those things, mm-hmm. right? E collars, like when your dog goes home from training, right? If you're doing training with us, because we, we do e collar training, right? We tell everybody, the e-collar you're going to use forever. I use them with my dogs, right? Yeah. Like if I, if I go you know, somewhere that I'm going to need to do training, I implement that e-collar with them. Mm-hmm. And over time, maybe they had a little bit of a negative association with the e-collar initially because it's like, you know, it's this, this tool that like is, you know, creates rules and boundaries. It means we're doing training and sometimes it's not always fun and this and that. But over time, the dog starts to get excited when the e-collar comes out, right? Classical conditioning takes place yeah. and it's like e-collar comes out man, now that the training's done, we get to go do something fun, right, e-collar comes out, we get to go to the park, we get to go run and chase the ball, we get to Mm -hmm. go to grandma's house, right, we get to go fucking, you know, eat a bunch of treats in a training session, things like that, Mm -hmm. the muzzle can start to turn into that as well with a lot of these dogs, Mm -hmm. right, Um, and I have a client that's the perfect example of this that I'll talk about in a minute, right, but, um, The muzzle can turn into this. Yes, initially the dog isn't going to like the muzzle. Why the hell is this thing over my face, right, that's holding me back from maybe biting this other dog or doing something else that I want to do and, you know, it's restrictive and I don't like it. But as these owners use the muzzle more at home and the dog starts to see it as meaning more freedom, right, the muzzle means more freedom. The muzzle means I get to go to the dog beach. The muzzle means I get to go play with the neighbor's dog. The muzzle means... I get to go to uh, this daycare and socialize, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It starts to create the same positive association. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I want to start looking at these muzzles as more of a positive and a long-term solution to some of the <clears throat> problems that you're having because if we're in a position where we're so mentally like, I need to get off of this muzzle. That's where bad things happen, right? We've made a post before. One of our most popular little clips we posted was one where I was talking about using the muzzle. You should use it until it literally feels so fucking stupid that you're using it <laughs> that you start to take it off then at yeah, that point, right? 100%, and yep. that takes a long time for some <clears throat> dogs. Oh, yeah. Right? And for some dogs, the muzzle may be the way that you socialize them forever. I'm not talking about Milo in this case, obviously, yeah. but a more serious dog, maybe. Every time you socialize the dog, you use a muzzle with them, yep. right? And they can make friends and enjoy themselves. We post videos all the time of dogs playing with the muzzle on and having a good time, mm-hmm. and the dog is not thinking about it like you're thinking about it at yeah. that point. It's just the thing that allows them to go and be a part of things. Yeah. Got gotcha. you. <laughs> you got anything to add to that?
1: <clears throat> no, I, I I think the 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 biggest takeaway from all that really was the the <clears throat> positive association that could be, um, you know. Imp- impacted on the the muzzle Mm -hmm. you know um i do think a lot of people think it's always a negative thing Mm -hmm. it's a negative connotation like oh they're being restricted and Mm -hmm. they're gonna hate it but yeah like if you have a dog that could never do anything Mm -hmm. and now you're able to at least let them go play yeah like i i think that's a huge win for them you know and i think it, it it Maybe it's because a lot of people the only time they use muzzles maybe is at the vet or something like that. Sure. Like I guess that's where you could get mm-hmm. like a negative like imprint on it. Yeah. You know, for a dog. Um, I guess kind of. The only time we've ever had to muzzle um bender is at the vet. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's kinda like weird about it. But um so that's why mm-hmm. we need to get a muzzle from you by the way, so we can train him on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But um I think otherwise like, when we were, like, in daycares, you know, back in the day when I was with you, like, a lot of dogs didn't really care that they had the muzzle on because they were like, hey, I get to go, like, have fun today, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, and, and if you look at it, right, let's say let's say we're taking a dog, right, that up until this point has never been able to socialize successfully with other dogs, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, you couldn't even get them around another dog, right? Yeah. And let's say we get them to a place where they couldn't be around dogs ever, right? Or maybe it could be around like one or two dogs yeah. to we can socialize the dog 100% of the time with the muzzle on. They mm-hmm. can meet a new dog every week. They can meet a new dog once a month, whatever it is, yeah. right, and have a good time and play. But they never progress from that to off of the muzzle for whatever reason, whether it's because of the dog's limitations, the owner's limitations, the owner's comfort level, whatever it may be. Yeah. But they get to that place where they can socialize and play with the muzzle on. Mm-hmm. That's still a net positive. We've moved in the right direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As you do that more and more, that's going to continue to progress the dog in that situation. Dogs are going to become less novel. Yeah. If your dog's having reactivity on the walk, right? That reactivity is going to decrease because they're going to be starting to see dogs a little bit differently, right? Because they're not mm-hmm. being withheld from them all the time, right? So yeah. They'll enjoy themselves more. It will become more of a positive association, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I want people to be okay. We get back to the baby steps and looking at, hey, these are the incremental steps of progress that we want to start to see with our dog. Mm-hmm. That is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, almost, exactly. Right? Other point I was going to say, you mentioned positive association, right? And biggest takeaway being, right? Over time, it will start becoming a positive thing to the dog. I think the other thing with muzzles, too, is some people get so hung up on the dog has to have a positive association with the muzzle before we start using the muzzle, right? That's true, yeah. So they get so hung up on, well, the dog hates the muzzle and isn't playing right now, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, well... This is the first week they've ever needed to use one yeah. in their life. Like, of yeah. course they're not going to like it. No different than the e-collar, right? Some people get so hung up on the dog should have only a positive association with the e-collar, right? I'll yeah. tell you, Deli, my one dog downstairs, right? She fucking hated the e-collar for the first, like, <laughs> month that we used one with her, yeah. right? Because, again, it meant rules. It meant you're probably going to get corrected for something because you're acting up, right, and doing yeah. things that you shouldn't do, yeah, right? 100%. But, again, as we got past all those things... That's where the positive association started to get created. And it's a more organic positive association. It's more organic because it's not forced of like, I'm bribing you and begging you to like (laughs) this thing right now. It's just that she started realizing on her own, again, that when that thing comes out, when it goes on her, it means we're doing fun shit. Yeah. Right, and that is a mm-hmm. way more organic thing than the dog absolutely needing to be pumped with treats. Yeah, right. In order to like that tool, and again, this is nothing against people that use treats in training. It's just again the general philosophy of how the positive association is created in the first place. Yeah. So, I I I don't know. You know, that's that's one thing that was really kind of rolling through my head yesterday, and something that I think a lot of trainers and a lot of owners struggle with. Right, mm-hmm. a lot of issues. Uh, that trainers will experience come from feeling the need to fade that muzzle out too fast. And yeah. a lot of the things that hold owners past or hold owners back from seeing a lot of the success they want to see with their dogs is either not wanting to use the muzzle in the first place or trying to fade that muzzle out too fast. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was going to use another dog as an example, right? So like, I, I genuinely think one of the... And I'm sure she's going to listen to this podcast. She'll be like, oh, this is so cool. (laughs) I genuinely think one of the best examples of a dog that really started getting me thinking about this whole concept, right? Because, again, these are all things, like, as trainers we think about. But it's, like, sometimes, like, something will be, like, right in front of your face that you're like, oh. Like, like you really you are able to articulate and verbalize it a little bit more, right? So we had this Mm -hmm. dog that we worked with, did some training elsewhere, Right did great training elsewhere again every time i say that it's like it's not that we're digging on the people that did the training by any means right Mm -hmm. they did a very good job with the training but the dog never was able to be socialized Mm -hmm. never that's just it wasn't on the radar right and i think a lot of trainers and especially a lot of old school trainers if a dog comes in with aggression issues their mentality behind working through those aggression issues is not wow we need to get the dog to a place where um You know, the dog can interact with other dogs. Their mentality goes to, well, the dog doesn't like other dogs, so we're not going to socialize them, but we need to get them neutral to other dogs. Yeah. Meaning they're not going to make progress here, probably. You're Mm -hmm. not going to change the dog, right? But what you will be able to change is you'll be able to get your dog to ignore the other dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Which may be true, right? But sometimes you're fighting an uphill battle with that. If you're not addressing the social side of things as well, that's where a lot of the force-free community gets into you're not addressing the root of the problem. The root of the problem Mm -hmm. being the dog doesn't know how to interact with the other dogs properly, which is causing all that stress and frustration and making them react in the first place. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Am I losing you? No, no.
1: Okay. I got it.
0: So whatever. So she did training. Kind of in that philosophy. Okay. Like just get your dog to ignore the other dogs, yep. right? And made good progress, but still was kind of struggling a little bit with it, right? Dog came in for maybe four sessions, and we did a little bit of brushing up on the actual training, right? She needed a little bit of help being able to discipline the dog a little bit more effectively for stuff. But majority of our focus was on socializing this dog. Mm. Let's get your dog some fucking friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like let's let's make it so the dog's life isn't you. And that's it. Yeah. (laughs) In the house. For sure. Right? And showed her how to implement a muzzle. Right? Went and started, you know, uh, setting up play groups with the dog. The dog was a little reactive. But, like, it was clear as soon as we did that, this is not an aggressive dog. This is a dog that can bite people. Right? This is a dog that can bite other dogs for sure. Right? Mm. But the dog does not want to just attack other dogs and like go ham on people and stuff like that that's not like it's like in this dog's dna the dog just is insecure and lashing out when it gets overwhelmed similar to milo Mm -hmm. right so showed her how to use that muzzle showed her how to communicate with him a little bit better and she just took the fucking reins with that and just absolutely went went bananas with it right yeah. like almost i don't even know if it was on this podcast that i talked about it but like she almost did it like over the top like what i typically would mm. recommend as oh, far man. as like i she starts sending me videos of like her dogs at the dog beach she's like at the dog <laughs> park she's at like these like pack walk play dates she's yeah. setting up and stuff like that like socializing him everywhere and Hell i was like yeah. whoa like pump the brakes a little bit <laughs> but that's fucking sweet yeah right? i was so pumped on it because like Like he was just, he was having such a good time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, like she, we got past those initial hurdles. We got some of that initial nonsense out of her system. And I taught her, right? Hey, you don't have to be so afraid of all this stuff he's doing. Cause that's really the root of a lot of this problem is people see the lashing out and the reactivity and stuff like that. And they immediately get scared of it and stop socializing the dog because of it. But I showed her, listen, the first couple times you go to do this at home, the first time he meets this dog, he's probably going to snap in their face, Right. Mm -hmm. He might growl at them, right? He might let out a little air snap. Like he's not going to go after He wasn't going yeah. after them or anything, but like he's probably going to do those things, and that's okay mm-hmm. because that's dog communication. Yeah. Right? And as he does it and is put in those situations more, we will see the that, that positive of that behavior will go down because he just gets more comfortable because he's in it more. Yeah. Right. And like I said, she took the reins and just fucking, just fucking did it, dude. And she socializes this dog all the fucking time now. Like yeah. she is constantly, I would say once every couple of weeks to this day. This was maybe a year ago, maybe a little no, oh, yeah, okay. I think it's beginning of last summer, maybe. Okay. I don't remember. It, yeah. It's been a while. Right. Yeah. Um, she still to this day, every couple of weeks will send me like some sort of picture or video of like, Hey, here's this new thing that I yeah. wasn't able to do before with him. <laughs> right. And nice. still in Ninety percent of situations, she uses the muzzle with him, but she didn't let that mentally hold her back, and that's what I think was so inspiring about her story to me. Right? Mm -hmm. Like again, I'm learning stuff from my clients all the time, still, right? How they receive information, all that kind of stuff. You know, how they take that information and implement it. Um, That was that was one of the biggest things that I think I've learned in in a while was Mm -hmm. watching her progress with that dog and really seeing how she did not let that become a crutch in her mind and Mm. she took that information and those safety protocols that she needed to put in place and she just took them and just fucking ran with them Mm -hmm. and lived such an unbelievable life with her dog now and her dog lives such an incredible life because he could do so much stuff now because of it, right? And I'll tell you, that dog doesn't give a fuck that he's wearing a muzzle. He doesn't give a fuck (laughs) at this point.
1: Yeah, like, there you go. Let's compare it life before to life after. Like... He, uh, that dog hundred percent net positive yeah yeah exactly and, and and like you said like if you get too hung like if she you know t- had gotten too hung up on that muzzle like oh well maybe I should t- take it off or should take it off yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you, or I just
0: don't want to use it you know like because the first couple th- again the first couple times you use a muzzle with your dog your dog's gonna look a little scared with it oh he looks yeah. so scared with it he looks so nervous with it yeah all. it's like again The net positive of continuing to do it and him starting to realize through that classical conditioning of being, muzzle goes on, I go do something fun. Muzzle goes on, I do something fun. That that attitude changes so fast. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Is huge, man. So huge. Right. And like yeah, that's sick. we have you know what's interesting? So this round of board and trains that I have in right now, I feel like my last round that I had in, they were all like social butterflies, aside from one who wasn't <laughs> even that wasn't even that bad. Yeah. I'm just kind of a little nervous. They were all social butterflies. So I was really focused on just their training and stuff. Almost every single dog I have in right now is in for like dog issues. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So it's been kind of cool to get back to some of the socialization side of things and really needing to kind of fine tune those types of things. Yeah. And and again I really think for new trainers out there or existing trainers, because I think a lot of trainers don't do enough socialization. Mm -hmm. That's where you learn the most, man. Yeah. Is through the interaction side of things. Because, again, that's what people are hiring you for, right? We got another dog in right now. Again, huge kind of success, right? This dog's got about a week left. Her name's B. B's like this shepherd mix of some sorts, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's had multiple successes, right? So she came in hot mess right okay. super reactive same deal dog aggressive yeah you know uh, uh, she was unbelievably overweight mm-hmm. like I mean just just all all the all the things going on with her right <clears throat> so from a training standpoint she seemed to pick everything up pretty well like it wasn't like it was a it wasn't like it was a major, like, feat to get her to start doing some of her commands and stuff like that, get her to focus in. Um, she was very receptive to corrections, so the reactivity, we were able to kind of stop pretty easily. Um, her, her, man, this, this was huge also. Her owner, like, this was one of the first dogs in a while I actually called the owner, to like, cause she was on this like crazy feeding schedule, right? Like, really? She, cause she wasn't really eating at home because she was really overweight, right? Yeah. So the owner was resorting to like giving her like cooked chicken, like making rice and adding toppers onto mm. things and like just doing stuff to try to get her to eat. You know what I mean? But like, she yeah. wasn't eating because she was big you yeah. know right yeah and and you know then she would like gorge herself and like not eat anything so then she would like be thrown up bile in the morning so the owner would resort to trying to give her even more high quality food to get her to eat more so she wouldn't throw up the bile it was just a mess uh-huh. And i just called her i was like listen i was like your dog's pretty overweight <laughs> you know i was like yeah. I, I, saw, I saw you're adding all these toppers you're doing all these types of things i was like i want to cut all of it right like i want to just get her on just like baseline kibble right mm-hmm. and i want to just get her just eating a normal balanced diet okay. dude this dog looks so freaking good right now yeah right like she still got like in my opinion i would like to see her lose maybe like four more pounds something mm-hmm. like that but dude from I, I i don't even know we might have some before pictures of her i'm sure i have a video somewhere but this dog, dude i, I took her out yesterday to work it was the first time i really noticed it you know mm-hmm. i was like oh man she got like a waist now, right? Like she looks healthy. She's so much more active and stuff because oh, yeah. of it. And man, I used to talk about this so much more before, but getting your dog's diet under control, again, it's one of the most emotionally charged things for so many owners, right? You, oh, yeah. <laughs> like like some owners like are so they have so much emotion wrapped up into the weight of their dog. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. It is so yeah. crazy. Right. But getting your dog's diet under control can be one of the single best things that you do for their behavior, right? Mm-hmm. I equate this to all the time, right? If you're eating garbage every day, right? Or you're eating, again, I was on this damn cruise, right? <laughs> at that buffet in yeah, the cruise, right? You know this, right? Oh, you know, yeah. Right, you're at that buffet. You're like, yeah, give me a little bit of that Indian over there. Give me a couple cheeseburgers over there, right? <laughs> every night you're like laying yeah, like, oh, fuck, yeah. Right? You're not going to be in the best spirits and attitude if you're eating like that all the time. Yeah, to say the least. You know what I mean? It's the same deal with dogs, right? You talk about anxiety issues, right? You talk about fear issues. You talk about the dog just being stubborn, all those types of things. Your dog having an unhealthy diet can equate to so much of that kind of stuff. Right? yeah, and it's so cool every time we get a dog like her that comes in that is pretty overweight and we get on a good diet and we get them exercising more through playing and walking and all that kind of stuff, how much their attitude just improves, man. it's so cool. Mm. so so that's been one huge thing with her. like its training has been going really well, but getting this tying this into the socialization side of things we've been talking about massive social hurdles right again mm-hmm. same kind of thing we started her on muzzle as we were kind of getting used to knowing her because the owner said she's kind of aggressive She went after some dogs mm-hmm. this that mm-hmm. not an aggressive dog in the slightest dude she's kind of like a she's a little i think i think she actually i don't i don't know exactly how old she is she looks like she could be a little bit older right okay um she's just a fucking police officer you know what I mean? Like, the other <laughs> dogs play. She wants to run over. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and again, any of those types of things, as an owner, if we don't understand them, we can get scared of those things. Mm. And she goes to run over and try to play police officer. Our go-to is always, oh, no, 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 don't do that, B. Right? And we go and grab the dog try to pull him away. And then yeah. the dog takes that kind of police officer-ness and kind of rolls with it. And that's mm. where you can see it turn into, like, actual, like, outbursts of aggression and stuff. Okay. But not a fucking, not a bad dog. Right? Yeah um same deal so she kind of for this entire stay so far has been fine right she hasn't given us any problems we've hardly needed to use a muzzle with her because she really didn't give me any sort of concerning signs right but she would kind of like either just do her own thing or just kind of be police officer a little bit or something like that um a couple days ago was the first time i really saw her like start playing Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that shift, when you see it with these dogs, especially these ones that have like never in a million years like play with other dogs. Yeah. Like I think she had a couple dog friends before, but I remember I texted her mom uh a little bit ago and I was like, oh yeah, she's starting to make dog friends. Like she's doing well with the other dogs. And she's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. be and dog friend are two words that I never thought I'd hear in like the same <laughs> sentence before. Yeah. Right. But the second we see them shift from just being like just kind of chill and like doing their own thing to like actually getting playful, mm-hmm. it's such a cool moment. Dude. Yeah. It's such a cool moment. We posted a video of that as well, um, of her just kind of loosening up and, and running and playing. And it's so funny with these dogs, dude. Like when she started playing, it was like the fun, like the funniest play ever. Cause like yeah. these dogs like they have no clue what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. You see this thing like switch in their head and they're just like, let's <laughs> just get kind of crazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that was that was for sure cool. So those are two. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's been going, you know, that's... Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Those are my last week thoughts.
1: (laughs) been getting your Brandon Fouché on.
0: Dude, I've been getting the Fouché on. (laughs) So that's been pretty cool.
1: Yeah. No, that's... I I think that's always my my favorite transformation is when you see, like, that first week or whatever where, you know, they're timid, they're kind of just on the outside of the play group and not really engaging and then it's finally you know, the dogs keep nudging at them and then they finally break and they're like, Oh, you're not you know, this is this is fun. I'm having I'm having a good time. And you can like like you said, it's like a night and day difference. As soon as they yeah. like get it, you know, and you can tell that they're having a world of fun, you know, and and their mentality like, is reworking in their brain of
0: how they socialize and stuff. Dude, that's totally it, you know? And and the same thing can be said about socialization with people, right? Where we talked about a lot of trainers, and even we do this as well initially because sometimes we need to just, like, get some control over the situation, right? A lot of people will focus on, you know, let's just get our dog to coexist with new people in our house Mm -hmm. as opposed to focusing on interaction, which the coexistence is a very important first step, right? Again, we have to make sure we can keep our dog under control around guests and give them that ability to kind of just get used to the person being there before we start the socialization Mm -hmm. process. But at some point we have to move to the socialization process, right? Mm -hmm. And again, it's so cool to see the progression when we see our dogs go from being really timid around our guests in our house to actually making like legitimate friends yeah you know what i mean like we, like as trainers we don't like, be like your dog is there's not their friends right like they're just excited to see or they're controlling or this or that right but like we could humanize it for a minute and we could talk about like yeah like once your dog has a handful of people that they see as like really cool right mm-hmm. or really fun or they really enjoy being around them mm-hmm. that's where we start to see that whole mentality shift and the generalization process get easier and easier right because you know, again, I've talked about this before. Dogs don't generalize very well, right? Meaning mm. I could teach a sit in this room, but that doesn't mean they're going to know it in this room, in this room, in this room, in this room, in this room right? Mm-hmm. We have to go through a process of teaching it here, then teaching it here, then teaching yeah. it here, then teaching it here. Then they start to see everything is the same, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with socialization, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes they make one really good friend over here. A lot of dogs that come in that have aggression issues, they have that one dog that mm-hmm. they're really good with. The dog's like, yeah, the neighbor three doors down, they love that dog, right? Mm-hmm. They go over and they play with them all the time. Yeah. But they can't generalize that relationship to another dog or to another mm-hmm. dog. But the second you get that same relationship with a second dog, Right. And then with a the third dog, and then with the fourth dog, and then with a the fifth dog. Then the dog starts going into social situations, expecting to have the same experience because they've started to generalize it to that. Yeah. Right? Yep. And that's an important process of things or an important part of things and something to be very aware of as you're working through social issues. Right. Mm-hmm. Your super aggressive, you know, German shepherd may really like Aunt Susie that comes over, right, or Uncle Bob that stops by once a year or something like that. And that may Mm -hmm. be the one person they're totally good with. Once we get them to develop that same relationship with another person and then one other person and then one other person, again, it starts to get easier. I've seen this with my dogs, right? Vinny was that way, right? Mm -hmm. Vinny was really weird with guests that came over, right? He's very apprehensive around them. And now literally anybody comes in the house, he just... (laughs) Wants them to fucking bet them all the yeah. time, right? <laughs> Deli was similar on a less extreme side of things. She was very skittish around new people, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially with men, I remember when Kate and I first started dating, if, like, a friend would come over that was a guy that she didn't meet, she mm-hmm. would, like, full-on, like, hackles up, like, like bark at them. And obviously, we right. disciplined for that and stopped it, right? But she was very apprehensive around new people. And I, she literally, anybody that comes over, she's, like, basically crawling into them at this <laughs> point. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So you can make a lot of progress with this kind of stuff. And I think the biggest takeaways from today that I want everybody to have are let's look at the net positives of what things do I need to do to just be in a position to socialize my dog more. Forget that picture in your head of what the socialization should look like, right? Or what your dog's behavior should look like or what tools you're using or anything like that. We just need to be able to socialize the dog, right? And for a lot of cases... Shifting that stigma of the muzzle and starting to see it as the ability for the dog to start socializing more and a tool that facilitates us being able to do that mm-hmm. and facilitates freedom to the dog, I think is going to be one of the biggest first steps with this. Oh hell yeah.
1: <laughs> I ain't got much else. Um I kinda ha- I had a theoretical question for you, I guess. Yeah. Um do you think the reason that a lot of dogs have maybe social issues or or socialization issues is, you know, originally dogs were pack animals. Sure. And, you know, and like how we've kind of built our relationship with dogs, you know, is kind of like, you know, they're in our house and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're kind of part of our pack or, you know, it's like one person or two people. Mm -hmm. You know, like, do you think just like, the the overall like house dog mentality like not mentality but like how we raise dogs now is kind of a reason for a lot of socialization issues what do you mean by that like like they're not in a pack anymore really you know it's kind of like a loner dog most most of the time people maybe have two dogs but it's usually one dog and you know that's how they grow up like they if they don't take them to socialization and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Do you feel like how how we have our dogs now is just yeah. like a, kind of like
0: an isolation tank is a good, for them? This is a good question, right? Yeah. And I don't have a concrete answer to it, but I can theorize with it as well, yeah. right? So, so there's so much out there as far as like you get into packing dog everybody says you know everybody that says dogs are pack animals yeah. takes that from the fucking guy that used to study wolves and that was debunked <laughs> and they're not fucking <laughs> pack animals and whatever you I know forgot about Dominance that, yeah. isn't a thing. you know what i mean like yeah like like everybody likes to discard all of that yeah right i think personally historically right whether it's humans whether it's dogs i think there is a sense of pack we all have yeah right Humans, right? You have your pack, you have your tribe, you have your yeah. inner circle, your outer circle, your bigger circle. You know what I yep. mean? Like we yep. have different circles of people that we exist within, mm-hmm. and everybody else outside of that is strangers to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. we could learn to develop relationships with those people. But if those strangers just immediately just intrude themselves into our inner packs without some sort of proper introduction yeah. or invite or greeting or something yeah. like that, yeah. that can create problems. That offputs us as humans, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's this biological thing that's ingrained into us or a learned thing that we have, I see similar behavior with dogs, right? Mm-hmm. We see it in daycare, right? Our daycare pack, right, of five dogs that hang out with each other every Monday, mm-hmm. right? You bring a new dog into that mix, Who's the new guy, right? Yeah. They all know that. They yeah. all know this dog isn't a part of us yet, yeah. right? And I think that sometimes what we do as humans is because we don't understand how to properly socialize a dog, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't understand what these dogs need socially in order to be introduced, right? What type of energy they need around them, what type of supervision they need around mm-hmm. uh, around them. I think what happens is we force that introduction mm. into what they perceive as a pack, yeah. Right in an improper way that the dogs are like, no, no, no. This mm-hmm. isn't correct, you know what I mean? And it turns mm-hmm. into a problem, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know if it's this deep pack <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. like I don't know if it's this deep biological pack thing mm-hmm. or if it's just this perceived way that humans, animals, yeah. right, View their relationships that they have, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, most problems are just stemmed from owners not understanding the communication that they're seeing and understanding how to properly introduce in the first place.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think at the end of the day, it is probably ninety nine percent of how you're going about your socializing of your dog or yeah. introductions. 100%. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah because I think you're right a lot of people you know they're, they're like oh my dog's young so he'll be fine and you mm-hmm. just throw him d- to 100%. the wolves <laughs> you know you're like hey go go have fun and it's like they you know it, I mean it's like okay like you want to talk about a human or whatever it's mm-hmm. like when you have like a big let's say you have a corporate party or yeah. or, or whatever near. you're, you're like, they're like hey we want you to be the guest speaker and you're just like You know, like, like if it was a surprise and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, it's like and then that impacts how you feel, you know, that whole time. So, you know,
0: it's just. Yeah, I think, you know, again, there's so much we could as trainers, we fight the humanization so much. Oh, yeah. But I think there's so much we could learn by correlating a lot of this stuff to humans. Yeah. Again, yeah people outside of our circle right like everybody like i know myself and like like kate my wife like she'll talk to anybody you know what i mean and immediately welcome somebody and there's Mm -hmm. some people that are like that there's some dogs that are like that right i on the other hand if somebody just like (laughs) came up to me and just started talking to me yeah i'm gonna get get really uncomfortable by that yeah you know what i mean and i might not act aggressively but like if that person comes in and immediately is so like pushy and energetic and blah blah blah, yeah that's gonna be real Mm off-putting to me you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you could create equate different types of human personality to different types of dog temperaments. Mm-hmm. You know, and understand a little bit more deeply why a certain dog behaves a certain way. Yeah. You know. Yep. And every person, you know, is capable of. You know, get into violence, right? Every person is capable of those types of things, just like every yeah. dog is capable of those types of things. Mm-hmm. Every person has a different threshold they exist on for that stuff, right? Yep. Just like every dog is a different threshold of, yeah, of you know how quick they could resort to things like that, you know. Yeah. And in the human case, our violence in a lot of cases are words, right? We could verbalize yeah. things more more clear. In the dog world, it's physical, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, and I think that's a, that is a good way to look at it because. You know, we talk about not humanizing it, but like a lot of times I feel like people just blanket mm-hmm. like dogs, like, oh, mm-hmm. they're all kind of the same. Yeah. You know, and they throw that blanket over and you just think that, oh, these dogs act exactly like my dog or whatever. But yeah. like you said, every, every dog's got its own personality at the end of the day. 100%. And if it's the, you know, the the drunk frat guy that likes to beat people up or the bully or whatever, you know? Like, that's going to be that dog.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: That's all I got. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Well, we're going to end that on that. We got another one coming at you guys this week. Obviously, we're going to be doing... We're playing a little bit of catch-up again with some episodes, so there will be two coming out this week. Um, this one wound up being great. Yeah. I actually didn't fully know how much we were going to talk about that. I had some other things pulled up, like just in case, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, But this good. one, this was good. I think this is a good good comeback for yeah
1: it. yeah so th- i'll have this one up on wednesday and then we'll have our we'll get back to our regular scheduled programming Hell yeah. on thursday all right guys we'll catch you guys next time see you